Welcome to the Brisbane Property Podcast with your hosts, Melinda and Scott Jennison from Streamline Property Buyers, your local Brisbane property specialists. Hi everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Brisbane Property Podcast. Um, we've had a few discussions of late uh, regarding townhouses and units um, up here in Brisbane and, and talking about whether they will be the next trend or whether they are the trend uh, and if it's something that people are going to get involved in. And I think today we, we thought we'd have a discussion about what is involved and, and things to be aware of um, when you look to buy into a townhouse or a unit complex. Yes, welcome back, everybody. Scott, you didn't start with a weather update. I'm surprised. Well, it has been a little bit wet in Brisbane and a bit, well, we say it's cold. So um, I can give you an update from Brisbane. It has been a few showers around and um, outside at the moment it's blue sky, but there's a bit of rain and um, the weather is about 18 to 19 degrees overnight, which we say is cold, um, and into the mid sort of 20s during the day. So Quite ridiculous when you think that um, 17, 18 degrees is cold, but it does cause us to pull on a little cardigan and, um, you know, perhaps pull out the slippers. But moving right on. I still go for my swims in the morning, so there you go. <laughs> so it's not that cold. <laughs> As Scott said, today we are going to discuss what you need to know when you are buying a townhouse or a unit in Brisbane, and more specifically those that are governed by a body corporate scheme. It's so critical for some property buyers um, to understand the process, what you need to know before you sign a contract um, for a property that is governed by this type of scheme. We've seen it time and time again where buyers um, don't protect their interests and, you know, they are assuming that the disclosure statement, which we'll talk about, that is provided is, is all that they need. That's simply not the case. And in fact, there's some real examples of properties that we've looked at for clients where a full review of the body corporate records has uncovered information that could have resulted in some huge financial risk to buyers. So today we're going to unpack what you need to be aware of, what you may not know you need to check before you enter into a contract and how you can protect your interests if you are looking to buy a unit or a townhouse governed by a body corporate scheme here in Brisbane. Now, before we jump into that, um, I know that when people look at townhouses especially, you can get freehold. Correct. Um, so obviously, you know, there is those opportunities for freehold, um, which is obviously where there's no body corporate involved right. in it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that that's pretty straightforward. That's, I guess it's like normal, put it simply, it's like buying a normal house. On its own lot. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but then obviously then there's other sections where other uh, opportunities where you will buy and there is that body corporate setup. Um, so, yeah, before you, before you buy, um, obviously we just want to run through some things, what to be aware of, what you should know and the homework you should do before you go and jump in there. Yeah, so basically most units in Brisbane and a lot of the townhouses that uh, people do buy here in Brisbane are part of what's called a community title scheme. So in that type of scheme, every lot owner automatically becomes part of a body corporate um, structure. So that's what it's called here in Queensland. Um, the body corporate is governed by the Body Corporate and Community Management Act from 1997. That is the legis legislation that governs um, this part of the industry. And that legislation provides rules and regulations around how that property as a whole is to be managed. Now, generally, there's a private body corporate manager that looks after the management of that community title scheme and people are bound by the rules upon which that scheme uh, puts in place. When you are buying property under a body corporate scheme, it's so important that you understand 
all of the ins and outs, the pros and cons um, that relate to that scheme. Uh, and one thing that should always be provided up front to you is what's called a disclosure statement. So jumping into obviously the disclosure statement and things like that, are we talking about internal things, external things when we talk about what's governed by a body corporate? Like if, you, if someone was to buy something, say a townhouse, for example, um, can they go and put a new kitchen in? Can they go and put new carpet in? Are those the sorts of things that are affected in this or are we talking about the general outdoor sort of main living areas of the complex? That depends. So, you know, there's going to be different rules for different body corporate schemes. And I think that's the whole purpose of this podcast yeah. so that people are aware that you cannot just assume that you can go in and replace certain items without permission from the body corporate manager. So the first thing that um, is a requirement to be provided to you as a buyer before you enter a contract is the uh, body corporate disclosure statement. Um, it must be provided to every buyer before a contract is entered into. Now, this is a very basic document. It provides basic information only about the body corporate scheme. So things that would be included in a disclosure statement um, include things such as the name of uh, the name of the body corporate scheme, as well as the community title scheme and the number that that lot might represent within the scheme. Um, it will also contain information about the real description of the property um, in relation to the lot, the name and the contact details of the body corporate manager um, and also the body corporate secretary will be provided within that document. Uh, there will also be um, reference to a body corporate committee if there is a body corporate committee that is relevant. Um, the, the body corporate fees that are payable for the particular lot will be disclosed within that disclosure statement as well. Um, and also, if there's any improvements um, on the common property for which the buyer will be responsible, that will also have to be disclosed within that disclosure statement. Um, and also if there's any other body corporate assets. So that pretty much is all that you will find within a disclosure statement. Um, however, what we have found and, and what we know and understand is that that is not a comprehensive review of all of the things in relation to that property or in relation to the body corporate scheme. That is the bare minimum. Um, and it really doesn't provide a buyer with a lot of protection for all of the unknowns. So we've got a buyer looking for a property um, under a body corporate scheme set up. Um, they've got the um, disclosure, basically that, that information that they've got there, which is pretty pretty brief, pretty broad, really. Um, what other things should, should they do? If they're looking at the property and they're interested in the property, first thing, what, what should they actually ask for? Look, it's a really good question. It depends on how a property is being sold. So if a property is for sale by auction, all of the other relevant body corporate searches need to be conducted up front before the contract is signed on auction day. Now, alternatively, if a property is being sold through private treaty sale, um, to protect the interests of the buyer, it is always advisable and something that we would always recommend to insert a special condition that covers you for a full search of body corporate records. Now, what that means is that you as the buyer have the right um, to have a full and thorough inspection of other body corporate records. And we'll go into what some of those other body corporate records might be. Um, without that special condition, it's all the unknowns that you are putting yourself at risk 
um, for you will not know anything more about the body corporate other than what's in that disclosure statement. So, uh, you know, you may be liable for future costs that you are not even aware of. And once you settle on the property, uh, you might be hit with um, a huge levy that um, is for an increase in the sinking fund to cover the cost of some future maintenance that you weren't even aware of. So this is why the special condition is always worthwhile putting in to protect you as a buyer so that you can disclose or uncover any other issues in relation to that property. So first tip is probably talk to your solicitor conveyancer, make sure you get that special condition in. Um, obviously then you'll need to talk to the agent, obviously the solicitor will, will also engage on this side of things, but um, the time frame for that, there, there will be a time frame because they will need to obviously request those that information um, to come from the body corporate. So there will be a time frame similar to what I guess we do with our building and pests and our finance clauses. Um, obviously, as you said earlier, um, Linda, if it's an auction, it's unconditional. Um, so you don't have that. You need to get that up front before the auction um, because you were buying an unconditional without these special conditions in it. So you need to make sure you understand the time frame, get that condition in, talk to your solicitor and make sure that's all set up before you get a contract. Absolutely. So, you know, getting it all done before an auction date is critical because you won't have the benefit of any special conditions um, when you, you're buying through auction, under auction conditions. However, as Scott pointed out, getting advice up front from your conveyancer or solicitor to know how long it will take them to do a full search of body corporate records so that they can then draft a special condition which you can have inserted into the contract to protect your interests. So, Let's have a think about it. Well, let's have a chat about what sort of additional things we need to um, allow for when we are doing a full search of body corporate records. So obviously they will ask for financial records. Um, there'll, there'll be a whole list of things. Um, so if we run through them, um, you've obviously got the financial records, um, things like the bylaws, the insurance, um, any reports on the property from inspections, correspondence, um, and minutes from, um, from meetings as well. So we can run through them in a bit more detail. Absolutely. So um, before I run through all of the things that, you know, could come up, I want to give an example of what we found recently. Now, this was a, a property that was listed for sale by auction. And, you know, our client was very interested in this property and it was a very high end unit um, in an inner city location. Now, of course, being listed for sale by auction, we needed to perform those body corporate searches up front before auction date. So we engaged with the solicitor um, that we always recommend to help our clients. Now, um, that search uncovered a lot of really interesting information. And the first thing was that we already knew that the property itself was in a very minor flood overlay. Um, and what that meant is that we were looking for whether the insurance on the property actually covered for flood impact. Now the property was elevated, um, there was commercial premises underneath, so the risk to that actual lot owner was minimal, but there was the potential for, you know, damage to the building and under a body corporate scheme, you know, you'll be liable for that cost um, yourself as well. So first thing we discovered is that the insurance did not include flood cover. Um, so that was the first red flag. More importantly, a complete review of the minutes from previous body corporate meetings uncovered something that was much more important for our buyer to understand, and that was that the building had combustible cladding. Now, we all know, we've, we've heard in the news about the impacts of combustible cladding, and a lot of um, buildings are having to be replaced 
with that external cladding that's non-combustible, so, you know, a more fire-retardant material. So this was all uncovered in the minutes from previous meetings and what that meant to um, our potential buyer was that it was going to be an increased cost in replacing that material in the future. So the combustible cladding was already there. There were fire reports from fire engineers. There was a lot of information that we could uncover by doing these searches up front. Now, that was a deal breaker for our client. Um, once we provided them with that information, they did not want to proceed with the purchase. This is why having good advice upfront can make all the difference when you are purchasing a property. And of course, this is an extreme example, but this is a real example of why doing a full and comprehensive search of those body corporate records is always recommended. So that's just one example of what can be uncovered. In relation to the body corporate financial records, what we're looking for um, when we're doing those searches or when you're engaging your solicitor to do those searches is, are there any proposed changes to levies? Um, and the levies incorporate um, levies towards the administration fund and the sinking fund. Now, the administrative funds cover the day-to-day -day operation of managing the common areas of a property. So when you've got a property that's got more common areas, such as lifts, pools, gyms, you can expect the day-to-day -day running costs um, are going to be higher and therefore you can expect the body corporate levies will also be higher. However, when you've got a complex that has fewer common areas, maybe the only common area is a hanging space for um, clotheslines um, and potentially driveway space, you're going to have lower administrative costs and therefore lower total levies. And that's something to always look at what are the common areas that are being managed by the body corporate scheme. The other part of the levies is that it's the sinking fund. And we're always wanting to have a look at what is the balance of the sinking fund? Uh, because if you've got a really, really low amount left in the sinking fund, it doesn't allow for those unexpected expenses that come up from time to time. So they're the two things to check in relation to financial records and your solicitor will be able to help you uncover that information. Now, now the sinking fund side of things, if you look at, say it's a small complex you're looking at, um, it's, a, it's always a good idea to have a look at the condition of the property, see what the paintwork's like, um, screens, landscaping, fencing, all those types of things. Um, they're the sort of things that will be covered under a sinking fund as well. So you need to make sure that, one, that it's in good condition, uh, and two, that there's actually money in the sinking fund in case that um, is, is to be actually, those improvements are to be made or it has been discussed, which will be noted in some of the minutes from the meetings as well. Yeah, those financial records will also um, uncover whether any lot owners are in arrears as well. So it'll tell you whether it's a, a healthy, um, you know, fund as, as a whole or whether there's people that are just not paying for, you know, their levies. And obviously that can also be a red flag if you're finding that you're buying into something um, where there's a lot of people in arrears. But insurance as well. Yeah, you know, you mentioned earlier about the flood one and that is important. Obviously, you know, as you said, a higher unit, say for example, a townhouse that's up in the air, but anything on the ground or in that area that could be flood affected, could be car parks, um, plant and equipment and that type of thing. Obviously that needs to be covered um, to make sure that you, ha you do have that cover and it's not going to come back and bite you as well. Yeah, you want to make sure that you're viewing the certificate of currency so that you can also understand what is the building actually insured for? Is it replacement cost or has it fallen behind? And one thing we talked about this in an episode not so long ago where we were talking to the insurance brokers that we interviewed 
Um, because the cost of construction has increased considerably recently, replacement cost of some of these buildings um, could be potentially higher than what the insured value is. So it's just making sure that um, the property is covered for the true replacement cost under today's um, building costs. And, and probably checking what claims have been done. So if, there, if there's been any claims that have been lodged, either by or against the body corporate, and just understand what the history is um, on those claims for insurance as well. Yeah, I think, um, as I mentioned, based on the example um, property that we, we discussed just previously, the minutes of previous meetings are really important to consider. If you're looking at what's been documented in the minutes from the previous meetings held by the body corporate um, group, then you're going to uncover any future items of maintenance that have been scheduled um, and the, you're just going to get a much more broad view of any issues that have been previously discussed and that can really uncover a lot of information that you would not be privy to if you were just relying on the disclosure statement alone. Um, minutes can document any proposed increases to levies. Now you might be purchasing a body corporate scheme and the agent might disclose to you what the current fees are. However, the minutes might disclose that there is a proposed increase planned at a certain date. So you need to be aware of any proposed costs like that. Um, we want to also uncover whether there's been any uh, complaints, um, whether there's any disagreements, um, whether there's any um, anything like that that we can, you know, uncover or dis have disclosed through those minutes as well. So it does cover you for a lot more than what that disclosure uh, statement will cover alone. And, and, and people that buy into these units, and we've we've actually been involved in this as well. So um, when you do actually buy into complexes like this, you, you can actually be a part of that body corporate um, and you can actually sit in these meetings and, and everything that's discussed in those meetings um, is actually noted and kept in in the minutes for the meetings basically so that you can keep track of everything that's happening or happened or proposed so you get a real understanding of how the complex runs it also gives you an understanding of who lives there um, and how much they care about the property as well and to maintain it yeah minutes can often disclose building defects as well um, is there a pest problem is the white is there white air damage that needs to be repaired are there any structural defects that have been noted that you know where we're waiting to um, repair or improve, those things can be disclosed. Um, it can also talk about whether there's been any lot owners that have breached the bylaws. And we'll talk about the bylaws in a minute, but um, basically you want to know whether you're moving into a property where, you know, everybody gets along or whether there's any, you know, um, arguments, um, any disharmony, I guess you could say, amongst the, the lot owners, because that, you know, if you're an owner-occupier moving and you want to be aware of the, um, the neighbourhood, I guess, that you're moving into, um, you also want to identify if any extraordinary general meetings have been planned because that can often be a sign that there's something out of the ordinary that needs to be discussed and then you can dive a bit deeper into that sort of information. So the minutes of previous body corporate meetings can be really valuable in disclosing a lot of information that you would not otherwise be privy to as a buyer. And that comes when you have the opportunity to do a full body corporate search. And it's absolutely critical in our opinion that you take this step to uncover things that you would not know otherwise. So when you talk about the bylaws, obviously that covers things like how the property is to be used, um, what areas are, are common? Um, does it cover things like pets and all those types of things? Yeah, if you're an owner-occupier and you've got a small dog or a cat um, and you're buying into a 
um, a unit or a townhouse that's governed by a body corporate scheme, it's absolutely critical that you understand whether the bylaws of that scheme allow you to have a pet in the property because sometimes you'll actually have to seek permission to change the bylaws um, or seek permission to take that pet in if the bylaws do not permit pets. It's just a classic example of why you need to understand the body corporate scheme that is in place. You cannot just assume that pets are allowed. Um, same with things like car parking, you know, where you can and can't, cannot park cars in common property around the property. Say you, you get one exclusive use car park and you've got two cars, where can you park that other car? And that will be outlined in some of the bylaws. Um, how can you use common property? You know, is is an area exclusive use area um, or is an area part of common property? And that'll all be outlined in um, in the information that will be disclosed in a full body corporate search as well. So so when you break it down from, from moving from a, from a house where you have a little bit more space around, uh, a bit more freedom where you can tend to do what you want to do, um, you're living closer to people. So you, you really need to understand, as you said earlier, things like pets, noise, behaviour, rubbish disposal, um, things like that, car parking. Um, I mean, there's other things about, I know that people, you go on a holiday, for example, and you might hang a towel over the balcony. Um, you know, little things like that. Can you hang your towels over the balcony? Can you put your washing out on there? Are you allowed to smoke in common areas for those that smoke? You've got to make sure that you can understand that so that if you're going to purchase this property, that you can actually live in a comfortable way with others around you um, and, and be very friendly and, and comfortable to live that way. I think the other thing that people need to be aware of, especially if you are a property investor and you are purchasing a property that is governed by a body corporate scheme, it's absolutely critical for you to understand this information as well. Investors need to understand the numbers. So understanding what the levies are going to be is one thing, but also understanding what any potential future costs will be. Obviously, when you are um digging into your pocket to pay for, you know, these extraordinary expenses or, you know, improvements that you may not have been aware of, aware of before you purchase, that can really eat into your investment yield and your investment return. A lot of people make the mistake of focusing on the gross yield when it comes to purchasing um, units and townhouses that are governed by a body corporate scheme. Uh, it really is important to look at your net yield. So how much you're earning after all expenses have been paid out. Um, there's a big difference because yes, in Brisbane, the yields on units are higher than the yields on houses. But um, in some instances, the costs associated with maintaining a unit um, and holding a unit can be more than holding a house. And that's really important to understand on a case-by-case -case basis when you are looking to purchase a property um, that is governed by a body corporate scheme because those body corporate fees can really cut into your gross yields and um, cause the investment to perform or underperform compared to how you might have expected it to perform, you know, as a whole. So it's it's a lot of, I mean, look, in a, in a bit of a summary, it's about doing a comprehensive review, making sure you really understand it, make sure you've got a solicitor that understands it, can help you with it, help you through that sort of the searches and, and the information that you're going to get, your bylaws, your sinking funds, your insurances, all those types of things, so that you've got a real clear picture about what you're actually buying into um, and how, you, how you're going to live, because that will really 
you know, impact on how you're going to live is, is what the rules are for the complex. And as always, as part of this podcast, we're really focused on helping buyers understand what they may not already know. So um, I think for a lot of unit buyers, a lot of townhouse buyers, we see it based on who we're meeting at inspections and the feedback that we're getting from sales agents about the offers that they're receiving on some of these properties. And when people are dropping conditions just to secure a property, sometimes that comes with enormous risk. And, you know, the example that I've provided there in relation to um, the unit that we considered for one of our home buyer clients um, last year, where there was that combustible cladding issue, that could have resulted in significant financial um, implications for them post-purchase had those thorough um, due diligence checks not been done up front. And that's just one example. There's been other examples where, you know, the body corporate record searches have res- resulted in or have revealed information that was just not known to us prior to those searches being um, conducted. And when you are buying property, we're not talking about small sums of money. It's a huge investment that you're making, whether it's a home or an investment property. And so it's really critical that you understand everything about that property, not just what's visible, but what's also invisible. And without doing those additional searches under a body corporate scheme purchase, you will never know what you, you know, is not disclosed in that body corporate statement. So it's making the invisible visible. Correct. (laughs) Tagline of streamlined property buyers, isn't it? And doing that homework. Look, there's a lot of great units, townhouses. There's some really, really good opportunities for people to to either live or invest in that space. Um, You know, there's so many positives with it that I see. I look at it as as a very, very low maintenance setup. Um, You're not having to go out and mow your lawn all the time and do all those sorts of things. Generally, um, if they're generally low maintenance, as long as they're ran well by the body corporate, um, they're the sort of things you need to look at as well. And I think off the back of the 100th episode that we uh, recorded last week, where we talked about how Brisbane is going to be changing in the next 10 years and we're going to become this city built around um, the five kilometre ring, we're going to see a lot of new development coming into the city and a lot of lifestyle precincts. So the way we live may start to change and therefore we may start to see more demand for these types of properties that are governed by a body corporate scheme. And so it's really critical timing, I think, for us to be sharing this information so that if people are thinking about purchasing a unit or a townhouse under a body corporate scheme, they just know the searches that need to be done to protect their interests. And we can organise that all for you if you want. That's what you're after. So reach out. <laughs> Look, um, it's been good chatting again. Hopefully that's given you a bit of an insight into um, buying, you know, what to look for when buying into units and, and townhouses, um, body corporates and whatnot. So hopefully there's not too much scary information there. It's more about doing your homework, doing your research and really understanding what it's about. So I will let Melinda wrap it up again as usual and... Um, been great talking and we'll talk again next week thanks very much bye for now yes thanks for joining us again this week on the brisbane property podcast episode number 101 um and we definitely look forward to speaking with you again next week but until then uh take care and have a great day bye for now Thanks for tuning in today. Please remember everything we have spoken about on this podcast is general in nature and we always recommend that you obtain independent advice in relation to your specific circumstances. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to subscribe or leave us a review on iTunes. And of course, tell your friends about us. 
If you would like to get in contact, please visit www.brisbanepropertypodcast.com.au or email us at info at brisbanepropertypodcast.com.au. Feel free to send in any questions and we will try to answer them in future episodes.